0: Hey, my name is Joe Bakmotsky, and welcome to Simplify Cancer Podcast. Today I'm talking to Kate Williams, who is a fantastic specialist on cancer and exercise. I'm sure you're going to love it. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Kate. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do and what are you passionate about?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, um, thanks very much for having me on today, Joe. Um, so, I guess the first thing is I'm, I'm an accredited exercise physiologist. Um, I'm, I've been practicing for about eight years now, um, working with uh, people with a whole range of different uh, chronic medical issues. Um, at the moment, I work at DNA Health Group, which is a, a private practice. Um, based in um, Cheltenham in the Bayside suburbs of Melbourne and about four years ago I realized uh, that I had a bit of a passion uh, and an interest in um, exercise oncology um, and uh, co-founded the movement against cancer program around that time and um, yeah really sort of specializing a bit more in that area so um, yeah in terms of work that's what keeps me ticking and I guess personally um, I love keeping active myself um, love my road cycling particularly. love taking my little dog down to the beach, and having a bit of a run around but um other than that, what am I passionate about um all the all the typical Melbourne things food and coffee and yeah. my football team which is Hawthorn. yep, he corks
0: man okay, fantastic then. And- well, in your experience, like, what are the most common misconceptions that people have around cancer? I mean, is it is it even a good idea to exercise when you have cancer? And and if it is, like, I guess, what are some of the benefits of exercise during cancer?
1: Yeah. So, I guess um, the the biggest mis- misconception is probably a pretty obvious one in that it's not that um, people feel that it's not safe, um, which is understandable in a way because historically, cancer patients have have been told. Uh, to take it easy and rest um, and you know uh, well, why would someone who feels sick um, at, why would they feel that the best thing for them to do is to go and do a workout and kind of spend what little energy they feel like they have right now? Um, but the thing is that we, we certainly have plenty of evidence um, to say that exercise is perfectly safe. In fact, to my knowledge well I've never um, I'm yet to see a study that suggests that um, exercise isn't safe. And, you know, there's definitely good, very, very good arguments to suggest that anyone who is uh, undergoing treatment for cancer or has undergone treatment for cancer in the past should be doing exercise. Um, and the list is very long in terms of benefits. I don't know how much time we've got, but um, certainly we know uh, that it, it really helps people to cope better with their treatments, yep. um, particularly with things, uh, you know, common side effects. Fatigue is, is a big one. Um, pain uh, and nausea. Um, it also can really help to stabilise um, uh, some of the body composition changes that patients go through. So, um, for example, a lot of men who undergo um, hormone treatment, um, you know, they they lose a lot of uh, muscle mass and they gain a lot of body fat. And we know that exercise can help to basically reverse that process, um, or at least maintain it. Um, bone density can be a big issue with these treatments as well, and we know that exercise can help to maintain bone density. This obviously can increase strength and fitness yep. um, and improve people's everyday functioning, so all those activities that they do on a daily basis can become a bit easier with the right exercise program. Um, and, you know, um, it, it also has a wonderful effect on mental health, and I think that's a really important one to state. Um, obviously, depression and anxiety are quite common for people that are going through cancer or have been through cancer. Um, and exercise is proven to help help keep these things at bay or be a bit of a release for these things. Um, and um, it's really important that we mention as well that it can actually help to improve patients' life expectancy, uh, both in regards to the cancer itself, but also for some of the other chronic issues that come from. Uh, cancer treatments so unfortunately cancer survivors are more prone to things like heart disease and diabetes and we know that exercise can help keep those away as well um, and really excitingly we, we think that perhaps, I mean we need a bit more evidence around this but that exercise can actually help the efficacy of cancer treatment as well and, and um, particularly with chemotherapy so um, that's a bit of a watch this space one but um, yeah there's some very exciting research happening in that field so you know, with all these long lists of benefits with exercise, I think the thing about it is if it was a pill, if you could get exercise in a pill, pretty much every, every doctor, every oncologist would be prescribing it if it was that easy. So yeah, I, you know, we really think of it as medicine.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I know that when, I was going through chemotherapy and my oncologist, David book has recommended me to do walking every single night, even if I was really down, really feeling really flat. I know that that alone has helped me tremendously. Like yeah, like you mentioned, mental side of things, but, but also physically it gave me more energy and I actually felt better over the long term. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so that's really cool. And um, how do you know, Kate, when you know, you've pushed yourself far enough with exercise, but, but not too much?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: How do you find that sweet spot?
1: That is a great question and it's a really important one and one that I get asked uh, quite, quite often actually. You know, exercise intensity is really important because if you push yourself too much, you could leave yourself feeling, you know, sore and tired, which we don't want, obviously. Uh, But if you don't push yourself enough, then you're potentially not going to get the benefits, you know, of what it is you're trying to to achieve. So it's important that we find that that balance and that happy medium with intensity. So in the clinic here, we use um, tools like heart rate monitors and um, ratings of exertion to measure whether people are working at the right intensity. But when my um, clients are working out independently at home, I get them to use a really simple test called the talk test. And basically what that means is um, when you're exercising, so whether you know going for a walk or going for a swim or whatever it is that you're doing, um, you should be able to, if you were with someone, hold a short conversation with them. If you're finding that you're having to um, stop and, and sort of take a breath and it's becoming quite hard to sort of hold that conversation or, you know, if you can imagine that you were, you're probably pushing too hard. Now on the flip side to that, if you could break out into a song, if you could sing, then you're actually not working hard enough. <laughs> so that's a that's a really good sort of um, basic test that you can use to, to find the right um, level of intensity.
0: Oh yeah, that's a great tool. And, and is there any specific type of exercise that someone can do right now that will help them deal better with treatment?
1: Yeah, um, look, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, that's a really important thing to say. So, you know, um, as exercise physiologists, we're, um, we're very much focused on prescribing exercise for the individual. Um, everyone's situation will be different depending on the type of cancer that they have, um, the type of treatment that they're going, uh, going through or have been through among, you know, lots of different things. So the exercise that they used to do previously and All of that sort of stuff, Um, and it's important that I say that as well when we're talking about the safety of exercise. That's if it's prescribed appropriately. Um, But certainly one of the best things that people can do is just try and and continue on with their day-to-day activities. Um, A lot of people stop these when they're going through treatment, and that can really feed into the fatigue and actually make it worse. So it's important that we try and do those Um, keep those going. Um, and you know, those things that keep you off the couch and just keep you moving, we call, they're what we call, um, incidental physical activity. Um, and that's really important to, as I said, keeping fatigue and, and also, um, you know, depression and, and mental health in a good space. Um, a really great mantra that I use, um, around this as well is, is something is better than nothing and more is better than less. And if you're achieving those two things, then you're probably in the right zone for yourself.
0: Okay, perfect, that makes sense. And, you know, Kate, many of us face challenges after treatment, like with lingering side effects, or, you know, the threat of late effects, things like cardiovascular disease, and also, I guess, mental health and dealing with anxiety, like, what if the cancer has come back, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what can a cancer survivor do to get into a good shape physically?
1: Yeah, well, I think if we break down the exercise um, a little bit further into some more specific guidelines, so it's talking about keep, keeping up your incidental physical activity, but there's um, three main types of exercise that I um, get most of my patients to do. I, I emphasize again that things need to be individual, but when we talk about exercise, we often talk about cardiovascular exercise, um, which is what you're doing with your walking. Uh, so it's really important to get a form of that happening because uh, that's the one that, again, is very important for keeping your energy levels up, keeping heart disease away. Um, the second, the second uh, type of exercise that we prescribe often, and this is the one that actually a lot of people are often missing, is resistance exercise or strengthening exercises. And that's to help you maintain uh, a good muscle mass. Um, so you won't get that from walking, but you can get it from obviously doing things like lifting weights. You don't need to have any equipment. Uh, a lot of the things that you can do at, um, at home don't need any, don't need any equipment, or you can just use things around the house, but things where you're basically putting your muscles under a bit of stress. Um, such that they, um, they're they forced to adapt and to grow to be able to manage that stress on a continuing basis. We know, again, that those um, exercises are very effective for helping, um, you know, you stay in good shape but keeping those, those fatigue and those other side effects at bay. Um, and the third type of exercise that we prescribe as well often is some fle- flexibility-based exercises. And they're really good for keeping, you know, your joints nice and mo- nice and mobile, keeping the limberness in the muscles so that reducing some of that stiffness that a lot of people tend to feel as well. Um, and a lot of people already might be doing this through things like yoga or Pilates. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic form of exercise as well, I think, just for a bit of um, stress relief and, and good for mental health as well. So there are three types of exercises that you should definitely try and and include in your general routine for, um, as you say, maintaining, maintaining shape.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, Kate. And is there, is there any specific type of exercise that someone can do right now that will help them get more energy, maybe lose weight, or maybe they're two separate things? <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it, again, the, probably the main two that I would suggest from, from those two perspectives, so the combination of the cardiovascular and resistance exercise are going to be very important for both of those things. Um, so, you know, if you've got more, more muscles there, your body's going to find it um, less taxing and not have to use as much energy to perform a task. So whether that be, you know, um, picking up pot plants in the garden or carrying the groceries around, you know, you're not going to find that as tiring if you've got the, the muscles and the strength to be able to do that. And likewise, if you've got, you know, more cardiovascular fitness from doing your walking, your swimming, your cycling, dancing, whatever it is you're going to find it easy to be able to do things throughout your day and that's not going to drain your energy bank as much. In regards to weight loss, um, which is, you know, a a different aim, but the, the exercise modalities that we would prescribe for that are actually fairly similar. Obviously diet needs to come into that, uh, that um, side of things as well, but certainly resistance training is actually very important for people trying to lose weight as well, because, Uh, lean muscle tissue is what burns fat so if you've got more of that that's going to raise your metabolism and and actually make it easier for you to um, to lose weight or even it might be just for some people just helping to maintain a healthy weight Um, so that's a really important point that you know if you're just doing some cardiovascular exercise and trying to lose weight to make sure that you're including some some form of weight training in your week to um, you know that's going to be more effective.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and uh, speaking of diet, I mean, I know it's a completely different area, and we could probably spend hours talking uh, about that alone. But what, like, what in your opinion are some, you know, specific and and I guess also realistic things that you could recommend to someone who who is facing cancer
1: in terms of diet? Yeah, in terms yeah. of diet.
0: I mean, I, I, I probably just broadly speaking. Yeah, that.
1: yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Um, look, I'm I'm a really firm believer in in utilizing. Food as medicine, um, and I think a really great place to start for a lot of um, of uh, cancer patients and, and people that are um, have been through um, treatment is just with the. The, um, the food pyramid that we'll um, probably will have seen, but whether we could name all of the um, sections of it, you know, it's, it's easy to look up and it just, uh, you know, the thing is a, a balanced diet really whichever stage of treatment you're at, I think is, the, is a good place to start um, in terms of helping your energy levels and whether you're looking to, to maintain weight or lose weight, I would like to highlight particularly um, that protein is very important, um, particularly, you know, if you are doing those strength training exercises and trying to build a little bit of lean muscle mass, whether that be for weight loss or to maintain bone density or strength, um, the amino acids that protein contains are the building blocks to helping you um, build that muscle or maintain that muscle. So it's very important that you consume um, different sorts sources of protein throughout the day. I think that's an important point. Um, obviously it can be a little bit tricky for some people with different medications can affect appetite and there can be a few other issues in there as well so i think if if it's something that you want a little bit more help with um i mean exercise physiologists can give you some general guidelines but certainly i'd recommend getting the guidance of an accredited practicing dietitian. you know where you want a bit more guidance or are struggling with weight in some form and um it's very they're the experts in their field and it's um it's relatively easy to find one on the on the DAA website. They're a great place to to find that information.
0: Okay, that's great. And I guess many of us would also benefit from changes in our lifestyle. And mm-hmm. like, what would you say would be some of the habits? I guess some Keystone habits that you can put in place to make your life better, but in a way that is sustainable. That is mm-hmm. that really isn't <laughs> isn't torture for want of a better word. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love that word torture. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you must, you must get that a lot.
1: Oh, sometimes. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah. Look, I think the I think the first one to outline is um, you know particularly for people who haven't really done much exercise in the past or they're just kind of starting out after a long break is not to think of it, um, not to put too much pressure on yourself, and that it's not going to be. Um, you know, a really hard slog to start out with. And, um, you know, if, if someone's getting you to do that right off the bat, then you're probably not, not quite in the right place because um, it, it should just be starting with moving more, you know, and I think that's a, a good way to think about it. Initially, it doesn't have to necessarily be structured sessions, but just, you know if you're not really doing a lot right now just consider if you've got some shops that are 10 minutes away you need to get some milk maybe that's a great place to start with just walking there or for some people even just going to the letterbox might be enough you know it might be just getting off the tram stop uh the tram um tram line one station earlier and and including movement in, in your day that way you're taking the stairs because all of that counts towards that incidental physical activity that i was talking about um I think another one that's really important is is prior planning, um, particularly if you are um, if you are suffering from a bit of fatigue um, and a bit of a lack of motivation as well. Um, just kind of um, planning some steps through your day can really help. Um, and in the exercise physiology world, this is, you know, what we often term as pacing. Um, so, you know, if you're having a, a busy day doing something and it might be you know, you've got some some family stuff on um, and you're already on your feet a lot, that might be not be the day to do a big exercise session or go for a longer walk that day. Um, Or you might be looking at that day thinking, "Mm, I'm probably not going to feel like, you know, cooking a healthy meal that night. So maybe you'll put your exercise off till the next day and maybe the day before you'll have prepared some sort of um, meal and you can pop that in the freezer so that, that's ready to go for that night. Um, So I think that's where keeping a diary can be quite useful um, for a lot of people, and we do that with a lot of our patients here um, so that they can put those steps in place to help manage life as a whole better. Um, And the other thing I was going to mention actually in regards to physical activity, um, something that can be quite useful for people are um, pedometers um, or Fitbits. Um, and they're really good, you know, if you're lacking a bit of motivation, because they'll show you if you're hitting targets and, you know, they kind of give you something to, to work towards, but at your own pace as well, which is really important.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's really important to see progress, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, they give you that measurement. They give you a target and they show you, you know, um, how you're going, which is um, if, you, if you're if you not really motivated, they can that can really help once you see that in front of you, so...
0: Yeah, Definitely. that's perfect. That makes a lot of sense. And is there anything else, Kate, that you would recommend for someone to stay in good shape physically, but also mentally or and socially as well?
1: Yeah, um, diet's a really big one, obviously. So we already we already touched on that. Um, got a lot to do with energy levels and that that um, holistic health. Um, staying in contact with family and friends, absolutely, and and letting them in on what's going on as much as you can if you feel comfortable. Um, a Support network network is very important, I think. Um, so having those people around you, and and you know, if you don't have a lot of those people around you, you may find. Um, you know, I know in in talking to David, he mentioned a couple of times the council and they, they have some fantastic um, resources that you can use if you sort of don't have those people to call on immediately around you. Um, psychologists are fantastic if you're not coping as well. And I can't recommend their services um, more highly enough. Um, and the other thing that I think, um, that is coming to the fore more recently is uh, mindfulness, um, which I think maybe touched on with David as well. So um, I haven't seen a lot of research specifically on mindfulness and cancer, but I do have a few patients that have been um, certainly practising it and I'm an advocate of it myself, practising advocate, Um, and certainly they report very positive benefits out of it in terms of managing anxiety um, and particularly around times of treatment or when they're coming up to scans, it can really help them cope. Um, the research that I have seen does show that it helps um, slow aging down so that's got to be a benefit for anyone absolutely. right <laughs> yeah, yeah, <absolutely. laughs> that's a winner so yeah I think again watch this space I think that's something that will come more to the fore in some research about cancer but um, yeah it's, it's definitely and if you're interested in it there's some great apps out there um, that you can just simply download to your phone for free which um, you can pick it up from those.
0: Oh yeah that's fantastic yeah. and I guess when it comes to exercise and and also creating healthy habits in general is that something that people tend to overlook or maybe you know perhaps it's something that that people are not doing right
1: i think just on a general level i think um often people just don't seek the advice that they perhaps need or they're too afraid maybe to seek the advice from from different people so whether that be about exercise i mean i know a lot of people um often they'll come in and say, oh, I wish I did this earlier. You know, um, that's a really common one. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's not just about exercise but also diet, um, you know, if, if they're struggling um, emotionally um, or with mental health to, to find that support because there are so many sources out there and I think that's why it's great that you're doing this service for people because it, sometimes it's just that people aren't aware of them. Um, but certainly, again, the council Council is a great place to start in seeking support for whichever of these types of, um, you know, issues, um, that you feel need addressing, you know, there's an expert in essentially everything today. So they're out there and, you know, they're willing to assist, but it's just, um, finding the right one for you, but certainly don't be afraid to start with your oncologist as a starting point for asking those questions. You know, if you're wanting to get started with exercise, you know, you can always bridge that with them and say, well, who should I see? Or, you know, um, put in place some steps to find to find an exercise physiologist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, you know, I know you've started your own program called Movement Against Cancer. Can you please tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So our um, Movement Against Cancer, or, or MAC we call it for short, is um, the program that we developed here at DNA Health Group. Um, so completely developed and run by our own accredited exercise physiologists. Um, and basically, it was, it, um, it came to fruition because we were seeing a lot of people with cancer, and we, we just saw this gap in that um, we knew that there were so many benefits for cancer patients. Um, for them to undertake exercise but we didn't really um, have any programs for that um, that we knew of and we thought the process should be fairly similar. My um, my philosophy is that you know there's, there's stage one, two and three programs for people undergoing um, heart uh, that have heart disease or heart issues um, and the benefits are similar if not stronger for cancer patients so why should there not be a program the same when there's one in two people now being diagnosed with cancer we feel like this is something we really need so that's how mac came about and obviously through my own interest in oncology um, we see people through any real stage of their journey their cancer journey i suppose so whether that's they've just been diagnosed um if they're currently undergoing treatment or even a couple of years after treatment um, the sooner the better though um, And our practitioners basically work to determine uh, with these people, you know, what do you want to get out of the program? Um, Do they just want to feel better or do they want to, you know, get back to running five kilometers for some people? Um, And then, you know, depending on what those goals are and what their condition is, we can put together an individualized program to help them achieve this um and that can be an involvement in one or a combination of different streams. So we have um one-on-one sessions with an exercise physiologist, we have um supervised group classes um, where the exercise physiologist is in the room with the participants the whole time. Um in those group classes uh these people still perform their own exercise program, but they're in there with other people. So that's a you know that's a fantastic social environment. A lot of people enjoy that one. Um, we also can, um, devise home programs or programs for other, um, gym facilities if people are already enrolled with other, Mm -hmm. um, gym facilities, um, and we can even take our services to home. So it's a very flexible, broad program and, um, yeah, we've had, we've had great success with it so far, which is good.
0: That's fantastic. uh, Kate. on And I I know you're big on having exercise program that is evidence-based. So can you, can you tell us, um, a bit more about what that is and, and how that's important?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, as accredited EPs, we um, are working under a code of conduct um, when we do our accreditation every year. And this code of conduct states that we must keep up to date with um, the most um, current research. And we do that to prescribe what is essentially optimal for the individual person so you know if it's not proven safe by research basically we won't do it um and it's really important that we state that because um fortunately i mean it's a good thing but the research particularly based around cancer is constantly being updated you know there's new stuff happening all the time which is fantastic but very much means that we need to keep abreast of it so that um, whenever we see a person we can definitely say you know we can show you that that this works and we can tell you that this doesn't so we're going to only give you what works so yeah it just means that you know it's uh it's a sound program all the time and um yeah that that's how it works pretty much i guess
0: yeah that's fantastic so if someone wanted i guess to be a part of the program or to work with you individually, what would they do to get in touch or find out more information about you?
1: Yeah, so uh, the best uh, the best thing to do is probably to jump onto our website, which is um, www.movementagainstcancer.com.au um, and our contact number and uh, emails are in there. Um, there's also obviously a fair bit of information about the MAC program on the website. Um, we have... Facebook and Instagram accounts, um, which are constantly being updated with um, research articles in relation to exercise oncology. Um, so they're well worth a look if you're interested. Um, but the other thing I'll just mention is because, um, hopefully, presumably, you have listeners from all over the place and they're not necessarily all close to us here, that um, if you're interested in getting in touch with an accredited exercise physiologist, um, you can of course ask your oncologist, um, but the other thing you can do is jump onto the EWSA website, so eWSA.org.au. Um, that's our national accrediting body, and on there there's actually a search engine for um, exercise physiologists. So you can pop in your um, your postcode, and you can you even have the ability to search uh, EPs who specialise in cancer um, wow. and find one that is close to you because it's got to be convenient right
0: absolutely um
1: so yeah that's that's a really good um, thing to do as well if if you're not uh melbourne based
0: cool fantastic well thank you so much Kate. it's it's been fantastic i really appreciate your time
1: pleasure thanks for having me joe